is remarkable. That is unbelievable. The throw beat him by a mile. Live. Did he get him? Oh, he tapped him. Oh, I thought he missed him. He did miss him. In the entertainment capital of the world. It isn't. The runner goes halfway. Oh. Somebody thought it was on. His Torres had a scoop it and doesn't get it. And Ty Wigginton, uh-oh, he, he bumped him and he's gone. It's the T.C. Martin Show. And Wigginton is furious. Diagnosis. The 3-2 pitch. Prognosis. Outside ball for Carl Strike-Free. Osmosis. Carl Strike-Free. I didn't think that Marty Foster was going to ring it up, and he did. It's the doctor, T.C. Martin. No, goodness no. gracious. No, no, no. You've got to be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me. The doctor is now in. Get your money's worth. Glad to have you with us on a wild Wednesday. How about a wild night last night that we saw with Major League Baseball? We will recap it, revisit it, play you plenty of audio and sound, and give you plenty of opinion as well, too. T.C. Martin Show coming your way. Ballpark Frank in the house. What is going on, my friend? Oh, you know, just uh, a lot of second guessing after last night's baseball game. A lot of second guessing. And maybe the best thing that happened to uh, Tampa Bay's manager was, well, somebody coming on the field that maybe shouldn't have been there afterwards, taking a little bit of the conversation in a different direction. Yeah, taking a little heat off of the cash. All right, we'll talk about Kevin Cash, Blake Cash Snell. was not money. Uh, we knew it wasn't <laughs> money. And uh, I lost money because of that imbecile. But that's another story. Monopoly money. Exactly. I wish it was Monopoly money. Yeah, Justin Turner taking some of the heat off the cash. We'll dive into that. We'll get uh, some expert analysis, too, from uh, former pitcher Randy Lurch, former World Series champion on that 1980s Phillies team, which was fantastic, which I know you remember from back in the day. But uh, Randy, one of the best hitting pitchers uh, around, World Series champion. Uh, He's going to give us his thoughts on what he saw. Last night as well, too. So a lot to do, a lot to cover on the program. Nunchuck on the other side of the proverbial glass. And uh, we've got it for you. A lot of World Series coverage as the season finally comes to an end. Uh, I guess, would you say an exciting end? We know it was a controversial, not really controversial ending, but controversial decision. Just so much to touch on today. Well, and again, it is controversial the way that things ended and the decisions that were made. But, I mean, you know, that, that's one of the things you're going to happen. And we still don't even know if it was actually the wrong decision because we'll never know what would have happened if the other decision was made. So, but, yeah, th- there's a lot to dissect. I, I was hoping for a Game 7 just because I wanted a Game 7, but I would think that you're in a good mood today because you're talking about that proverbial glass, and I don't know if you even noticed it, but you noticed that it is fixed now, so that the, uh, the other one is uh, underneath there, so you don't have the thing uh, jumping out at you anymore. Very nice. All right. For our listeners who have no idea what we're talking about, there it is. We, we've mentioned it. Here. We've yeah. mentioned it. Okay. There you go. Well, yes. you, you're the pitcher guy. I figured you might take a picture of it or something like that. <laughs> of course, you might have to put a plate of food down there in front of it before you do that. Absolutely. Why would I take a blank picture without any food in the picture? I did take a, a great picture of uh, Albondigas soup last night. You know, I love Albondigas soup. Don't ask, now see what you've done. I've gone from baseball to food now to Albondigas soup. I, I don't sh- even know what Albondigas oh, soup is. Oh, my God. It's the traditional Mexican meatball soup. Okay. All right. With meatballs and vegetables. I know that's, that's it's probably, you know, out of your range there. You won't go for that. And a little spice to it. Oh, delicious. 
That's yes. awesome. Yeah, totally awesome. But anyway, I, I don't know where, where you got me going with well, this. Well, that'll seg later on to something that's coming up. Yeah, I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, the, me- could- the Mexican soup. So. Yes. Is there going to be a horse racing analogy in here as well, too, today? You never know. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> it, it, it is Breeders' Cup weekend coming up. It is true. All right. So, yes, and we should mention, again, and this is where Frank went with the horse racing analogy yesterday, the show, if you have not heard, expanding to two hours. That's right. We're going from two to four starting on Monday. So uh, make sure that you tell a friend, dial in there. I don't know what analogy Frank's going to come up with or some witty one-liner he's going to hit us with today. But It's yes, five days to post. It's five- <laughs> There it is. Oh, bro. I'm low-key faded, bro. <laughs> oh, I thought we were going to get the, uh, the, the the horse running there as well, too. There you go. That's okay. We're directing on the fly here. He can't play six things at once. He can't. You don't always get on the man's back, okay? He's trying Listen, to do his best as, back there. As Armando will tell you, start being nice to me. Why are you being so mean to me? I'm, I'm, I'm not being mean to you. I'm sticking up for nunchucks. You know? You know, you're, you're one of those guys. You know, you're like... The way Rowdy Roddy Piper was back in the day. You'd always stir it up, and then you, you know, or like uh, Mr. Blunderful Paul Orndorff, then you'd turn your back on your tag team partner in the, in the middle of the ring. You know, you used to pull one of those, you're, you, you'd pull one of those wrestling moves, wouldn't you? It's possible. Yeah, get out the brass you knuckles. Never know, but, but I'm not wearing Get out a kilt. the brass knuckles I, and I'm put just, it back in. Go, oh, it wasn't me. Just, it wasn't me. What are you talking about? Just not wearing a kilt. Don't tag me that. in. Oh, my shoulders hurt right now. I don't know if I would have let Ronda Rousey use my nickname, though. So. I know, that was bad. Roddy Roddy Piper, my all-time favorite. Him and Macho Man Randy Savage, George the Animal Steel, my one, two, three right there. There you go. Just saying. Now, I know that you're blaming me for all these different directions we're going. So let's get back to the baseball. You want to talk baseball? No, you do, so let's do it. World Series. (laughs) Game number six last night. The Dodgers win it. They win the series four games to two. And, yes, let's talk about it right now. Okay, Blake Snell was lights out. He was fantastic. And from a betting perspective, we touched on this yesterday – do we want to mess with this this Dodger opener, as like Steve Sachs was talking about? You know, Gonsolin has not been good. Let's go against Gonsolin. That makes sense. He went an inning and a third last time. Well, guess what? This time he went an inning and two-thirds. That's a combined three innings in his last two starts in World Series games, in games two and six. So... I'm thinking, you know, we know the Dodgers do have some problems hitting against lefties. Snell was good in that game, too. And I said to myself, I got to take a shot here with the Rays because, like you, I think there's going to be a Game 7. I wanted to have a Game 7. And you had your best pitcher going. The Rays had their best pitcher going. And what happened? He was lights out from the very beginning. Struck out the side in the first inning. He gave up. No Walks whatsoever. Nine strikeouts and five and a third. Only two hits. Top of the Dodgers batting order. You look at the one through four hitters. This is an amazing stat. Snell. Those guys were 0 for 8 against Snell. Seven strikeouts during that time. We're talking about Mookie Betts. Twice. Corey Seager. Yes, twice twice through the order. That's where we get the 0 for 8. And, uh, and Justin Turner. And there you go. I mean, you, the, those top three guys whiffed completely against him. And then the decision came where Kevin Cash just crushed all of Tampa Bay Rays fans' hopes. We knew it. I knew it. Predicted it. He blew it. And you could just see this thing unfolding. So Barnes gets a looping single. I don't know if it was a broken bat single, a looping single with one out. He already got one out. 
in the bottom of six. So your number nine hitter gets that looping single. And what do we see immediately? Cash marches out immediately, signals to bring in the reliever, the right-hander. Like, what? No conversation with the pitcher. Not like Dusty did with, with Granke. Like, hey, let's, 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 let's talk to the catcher here. Let's talk to Zanino. Let's talk to Snell. This is it. There's no tomorrow. This is your elimination game, and your best pitcher has just given up the second hit of the game, hasn't walked anybody, nine strikeouts. Are you kidding me? No decision, no conversation whatsoever. It's like, boom, you're gone. And then, I don't know how you felt, but you know, I posted it on, on Twitter and social media last night. This is going to happen. This guy's going to screw it up because you're leaving. You're saying goodbye to a former Cy Young Award winner. Okay, He's your best pitcher. And yes, the Tampa Bay Rays have been great with their bullpen Okay, to a certain degree. All right, But these guys are young. They're inexperienced. And I just figured that the moment the stage was going to be too big and these guys are going to be pissing their pants. So what does he do? He doesn't go to Castillo and some of these other ham and eggers. He goes to a guy, the worst guy he could possibly go to, who is what, giving up a run in his last six outings? That's what I heard. On, I was actually driving in my car because I had to go and do something, and I'm listening to the radio, and they're all like, well, you know, the Tampa Bay Rays, they have this thing where they don't want a pitcher going through a lineup three straight times. Mm-hmm. But Mookie Betts has struck out twice tonight. He can't hit lefties. Uh, the guy they're going to bring in has given up runs in his last six games. I think that's like a World Series record or yes. something. Nick Anderson, by the way, not not the old guard from uh, the Illini, Nick Anderson, Orlando Magic, but the pathetic relief pitcher, Nick Anderson. Yeah, and so they said, you know, in this case, you just got to keep Snell in, and then you see him, and they're like, and all three of them were adamant about, wow, I do not agree with this decision before it even happened. I mean, it's just, what are you doing? And And then – you read today where Cash still comes out and says it was the right move. It, it was the right thing. I don't care what your numbers say. As a manager, a leader of men, and nobody's supposed to know their team better than the manager, sometimes you have to have a feeling for the game and know what's going on in the moment at the time. We were talking about it amongst ourselves before the show today. We've seen guys that are nobodies that have actually had bad careers, throw no-hitters and stuff. Now, obviously, Snell wasn't on the pace to throw a no-hitter. He'd already given up a hit or two. But he was completely in control, and nobody was happier than Mookie Betts to see him leave the game. Nobody. He's like, I'm going to my better side. I'm hitting 218 against lefties, and this guy has made me look foolish twice. Thank you, Jesus, or whatever he believes in. And, of course, then the inevitable happened that basically everybody on the planet that likes baseball and was watching it knew was going to happen, right. with the exception of the manager of Tampa Bay. Absolutely correct. It was simply pathetic. And you could take your binder, you could take all your analytics, you can throw them out the window, but we've seen Kevin Cash do this. We've seen other managers do this. And a lot of the young managers, and, and this is another topic that we can get on another time because I have a, a pretty good theory on, on, on why they abide by this book. And we'll, we'll dive into that maybe a little bit later. But the thing about this is the most frustrating thing was he didn't trust his pitcher. He didn't trust his guy. What he said afterwards, and we're going to play you plenty of audio here today so you can hear from, from all, all these guys and, and their thoughts after the game. But he said, I don't trust you, Blake Snell. 
I trust Mookie Betts and Corey Seager and Justin Turner more than I trust my own guy. And that's, you can't sugarcoat that because basically that's exactly what he said. It was ludicrous to make this move. And like I said, you, you, you made the point, which, which I had talked about earlier. It was like we've seen guys that just are not real good pitchers. They might be nobodies. But you know what? They're rolling along. We've seen guys that have thrown no hitters in this league who have become household names. Maybe they, they come into this game with a four or five, six ERA. But today they're rolling. And that was Snell. Today he was rolling. But in the most important game, and you know you got your best pitcher, you better throw out the book in the binder and say, look what he's done to Betts today. Look what he's done to Seager today. Look what he's done to Turner today, making them all whiff. I'm riding that guy until his arm falls off. And let's talk about this. He only had 73 pitches when he pulled him. Yep. 73 pitches, no walks. That's the stats that I'm looking at. But Cash had no faith in him you know, whatsoever. you got to trust your pitcher. You're in the World Series elimination game. You got to trust your team. And the message that not only sends to Blake Snell, but the rest of the Rays organization as well, too. Well, and the other thing about it, too, not only do you have to trust your starter, who, again, this isn't a guy who's not a good pitcher, who's just having his best stuff on a day that it's it's his one day of his career or something like that. This is a guy who's actually arguably the ace of your staff, who's having a great day for you, so you've got to trust him. But then you pull him. For the one guy who had a decent season for you, but is in the biggest funk of the year at the worst time of the year that the L.A. Dodgers have totally figured out. They score on this guy every single time he takes the mound. And so you're going to trust the least reliable pitcher on your staff at the moment and take out. The ace of the staff at the moment. I don't care what the numbers say. It's like in the Rambo movie where he comes in at the end and he shoots up all the computers and stuff. Throw the book out. Get rid of the analytics and the computer. Blast it to the moon. What the hell are you doing? And this is the thing. okay? Anyone who condones this move or any of the past Kevin Cash moves or some of the ludicrous Joe Madden moves where Cash seemed to learn a lot of this stuff from, I'm sorry. You don't know the game of baseball. You don't know the game of baseball because this is what these guys do. They rely on the binder and the book. And you hear from Kevin Cash why he decided to take Blake Snell out. No, I mean, the, the only motive was that um, the, the, the line at, lineup the Dodgers features as potent as any team in the league. Personally, I felt Blake had done his job. And then some, uh, Mookie coming around for the third time through. Uh, I value that. Uh, I, I totally respect and understand the, the questions that come with it. Um, Blake gave us every opportunity to win. He was outstanding. They're not easy decisions. Um, and that's where I came to the decision. I felt it was best after the guy got on base. Uh, Barnes hit the single. Uh, didn't want Mookie seeing Mookie or Seeger seeing Blake uh, a third time. No, there was no 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 set plan. We, as much as people think that sometimes, there, there's no set plan. Uh, this organization is tremendous about giving uh, the staff the trust to make the in-game decisions that we feel is going to make um, or give us the best chance to win. And I totally respect that. How what it unfolded today uh, was was pretty tough. 
All right, Kevin Cash last night after making the horrendous decision to pull Blake Snell after five and a third innings after Snell was rolling in an elimination game. Potent? He talks about the potent Dodger lineup. They weren't potent last night. They were not potent. They weren't potent. They ended up with three runs, all three runs after you pull Snell. They weren't potent. You know who was potent? Your guy was potent. Blake Snell was potent. And value? He said he puts a lot of value on those Dodgers? How about value your own guy? And then he talks about, no, there was no set plan. Baloney, you went to the guy, like you said, Frank, that, that your book says you're supposed to go to. You didn't read your own guy. You didn't read your own team. You didn't read your own bullpen. You didn't read what was right in front of you. That is disgusting. That's horrendous managing. Yeah, and you mentioned the fact that uh, they weren't potent. Why weren't they potent? Because Snell was. Because he was on his game. He had stifled them. He had silenced them. He had the Dodger bats doing nothing. He was in control of the game. And I agree with you when he says there was no plan. The announcers on the radio, like I said when I was driving, were like, well, they don't want to go through the lineup three times. We know that that's their M.O., so, yes, there was a plan because yes. you've shown this through the first 60-game yes. season and throughout the playoffs. This is what you do all the time. There's definitely a plan. Mm-hmm. And the other thing he said, oh, well, you know, these aren't easy decisions. You know what? You're wrong. Last night it was an easy decision. You stay with the guy that puts you in that position. I thought Snell had done enough. He gave us a chance to win. Yes, and you know who took away that chance to win? You with your decision-making. You were wrong. It was completely wrong. And I know some people have pointed to, well, you know, the last time Snow was pitching kind of well, and then he went through the third time, and he did give up some runs. That was the last time when he had decent stuff. Right. Last It night, wasn't kind of well. It was exceptional. Yeah. yeah. Last night, he was exceptional. Yeah. He was on his game. He was your ace. He was the guy that was going to help bring you to a seventh game. And if it blows up, I don't know that anybody's questioning if they would have kept him in and the same thing still would have happened. Right. Some people would because that's what people do. Last night's decision was not that difficult. Right. You made the wrong call. And they kept talking about, well, yeah, third time through the order, you know, batting averages are sky high, 600 You know, after that. But again, doesn't mean it's going to happen when you have – just dissected that top of the lineup and everyone throughout that Dodger order. And again, it wasn't a hard hit with Barnes with the ninth hitter. So what you do, yeah, you let Mookie, and if Mookie gets a double or something like that, now you think about it, okay? And, uh, you know, if he singles, you still got a zero on the board. You go visit him. Hey, you got anything left? Of course he does. He only had 73 pitches that time, but you let it play out. You pull a pitcher when he is definitely in trouble. He was never in trouble last night. So you heard from Kevin Cash. Here was the very emotional Blake Snell after being pulled. Uh, yeah, I mean, no, I mean, definitely disappointed, upset. Um, you know, I don't know. I just want the ball. I felt good. I felt I did everything I could to, you know, prove my case to stay out there. You know, it's going to be tough, man. Like, I, I get it's a third time through the lineup, but, I mean, what I think I'm going to make the adjustments I need to make as I see them, you know, a third time. I think, I don't know, man, I just believe in me. I believe in my stuff. I believe in, you know, what I was doing. I didn't walk nobody. Um, they had two, you know, hits up the middle, you know. The slider to Barnes, you know, tip your cap, that was a bad pitch, um, and he got a hit off that. Good job. But for, for most of that game, man, I was – 
dominating every you know every every out, outcome possible. So, um, and that lineup is so talented, like so talented. And yeah, I don't know. I'm just I'm proud in the way that you know I scouted them. I scouted myself. I'm just proud of everything I did to to put the team in a situation to win. And and I wanted to keep going, man. I felt I felt so confident. You know how I adjusted through seeing them a second time and what I was going to be able to do a third time. Like, man, I just, I believed a lot in myself and what I did to, you know, hopefully see him a third time through and the fourth time if needed. I mean, I wanted to go that whole game. That was my, that was everything I wanted to do was just, you know, burn the tank and see how far I could go. Blake uh, Snell, uh, just an unbelievable performance last night. And he's got to know, playing for a manager like Kevin Cash, there was no tank. You know, he wasn't going to be able to go probably past the seventh at the most. But, yeah, you got to ride that guy as far as you possibly can. And, again, I can't say it enough. This is a former Cy Young Award winner. Well, absolutely. And and the other thing about it, too, is it's game six of the World Series. So the one guy that you know isn't available for a game seven is going to be Snell because he was pitching last night. Empty the tank. Let him stay in and go because he's the one guy that's sitting there – if there's a game tonight that you know he's not part of the process anyhow, but he allowed you to get there. You pulled him out for the guy who's struggling more than anybody else on your staff right now. And I know that this is something far down the road, and we know Tampa Bay, they certainly have room that they could spend more money because we talk about their salary cap. One of the long-term effects of this that maybe we can get into a little bit later on down the road is if you're a free agent pitcher, are you going to go play for cash? If you're a starting pitcher... Knowing that he doesn't believe in his starters and he's going to be Captain Hook, even if you only have 73 pitches in a game, it makes no sense. It's managing 101. Again, it wasn't a difficult decision last night. You just blew it because you're like that NFL coach that looks at that stupid little chart for the two-point conversions and goes with it regardless of what it says when it makes no sense whatsoever. Sometimes you need to know the game. And that's why I can't buy anybody that's saying, well, you don't know what's going to happen. He could have blown up. There was zero sign that he was going to blow up. He had that good of stuff in the sixth inning as he did in the first inning, literally. The velocity was there. The the break was there on, on his curveball. The ball, location. The slide, everything was there. No walks in the game and giving up two two bleeders of a hit. Okay, first one early on was 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 hit pretty hard, but that thing from Barnes that was a looping single. It was a looper. That was it, and there was no sign, no evidence whatsoever. So and, and, and if he does blow up, if it does blow up, you went out playing your you best go. hand. There you, you go. You, it's like no a, second guessing. It's that. like when Nolan Ryan was on the mound throwing a no hitter. You right. knew the fastball was coming. You still had to hit right. it. When Adrian Dantley would back down, you knew the turnaround jumper was coming. You know, Kareem Jabbar had the sky hook. Sometimes. You go out, and even if you lose, you can still make the right decision. If you lose, you go with your best chance to win. Right. He took away their best chance mm-hmm. to win. You know, a lot of the, the pure baseball people, you know, like myself, I know you fit in that same way too. You're just so sick and tired of seeing these guys pull pitchers early. We see them go with all the other nonsense, and it's the analytics. And the reason being that, these managers, and most of these guys are young managers like Kevin Cash is, okay? They're afraid to lose their job. That's plain and simple, okay? And when they're hired, you got to remember, they're hired as a body. They're not – Kevin Cash 
Brad Osmus, all these guys that were, that were hired after their, their playing days, they're not getting big salaries, but they're yes-men. The money that is poured in to a Major League Baseball organization, the majority of that money is in the analytics department today. And as we've seen, there are teams that are then the forerunners of this, the A's, the Red Sox, the Rays, definitely. And the Rays and the A's have low payrolls because all their money is going to the analytics department. And they say, we can plug and play with these certain guys, and we can have a manager do that. So, yes, they give them the binder. They give them the book. And they say, this is what we believe in. And if you buck that book, these guys literally, it sounds crazy, but are afraid they're going to get reprimanded and possibly lose their job. Because this is what they were bred into this system within this organization. They must follow it. They follow the law of the letter of these binders from their GM and their president. Yeah, and you know it's It's stupid, but it's true. It's not only stupid, and again, Moneyball was a nice movie. It was a nice feel-good story in that, but it's not always right. Part of being a manager, okay, this is the book. This is your guideline. This is a roadmap, but it doesn't mean that there shouldn't be detours or different things that you do to go off course once in a while. At some point, and after 60 games of a season and knowing your staff, you need to know your personnel. And he didn't know it. You can't just go by the book. Any, then you can just have a computer do it and say, all right, this is what we're doing. You don't even need a manager. A manager's job is to know his personnel and know when to go by the book and when to deviate from the book. Cash last night didn't know when to deviate from it. You can't just be a robot because guess what? Not only doesn't it always work and you're discrediting your own crew, you think the Dodgers didn't know it was coming? The announcers on the radio did. The announcers on TV did. You did. Dusty did. I did. We all knew what was coming. Yep. You're not surprising anybody. Do you want to think you're surprising everybody? Oh, I'm changing the lineup every day. I'm changing my leadoff hitter. Look at my shift here. I'm going to put in four outfielders. Yeah, that's nice here and there. But bottom line last night, when the biggest decision in this World Series came to fruition, you didn't fool anybody. Right. Everybody knew what you were doing, and nobody cheered louder for the move than Mookie Betts and the Dodgers. The entire Dodger, Dodger dugout just elated. And even Dave Roberts said it after the game. I was glad that Roberts was honest. He goes, I was so glad to see him exit. And that's what I was, I was saying earlier. It was just like you, the moment it comes, because we know it's going to come at some point in time, because he never leaves a starter beyond the six of the seven inning. And I mean never. You just knew the Dodgers were going to say, thank you, let's go play. And you've just, the momentum has switched. The mojo is now gone from that side of the field to the other dugout. And we, and we saw it happen last night. And you only had a one nothing lead. Exactly. You, you uh, needed the best Pitcher yes. on the mound, you brought in the guy struggling literally more than anybody on your staff. And, and, you know, going back to that, you know, when the Rays left runners on, first, second, third inning, it's like, man, this is going to come back to haunt you because with that Dodgers offense and when Cash does go to make the move and screw this thing up, you better have some runs in the bank. And they left too many guys on base those first couple innings and, and, and it came back to hurt them. All right. Uh, we got so much to talk about. Uh, Justin Turner tested positive for COVID. We'll dive into that. He comes back out to celebrate with his team. We'll get some thoughts on that. 
the ratings. We'll talk about that. Uh, it's all baseball today. We got plenty of baseball to talk about. Recap in the World Series. Randy Lurch, the former pitcher, he's got some thoughts on what he saw last night and has a little experience in World Series as well, being a World Series champion. We'll talk to him when we come back. The T.C. Martin Show is back. Yes! Yes! What are you doing? It's just a halftime. Yes, this is my favorite part of the game. T.C. Martin. Yes! In the face! The doctor is now in. 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 All right, we got plenty of thoughts continuing on here on the show. Yes, World Series, it is over. Our baseball season comes to an end now. But last night, did it have to come to an end like that? Very, very surprising the way it did. But, hey, congratulations to the Dodgers, uh, the most potent offense that we've seen in in quite some time. But uh, the Rays, there's going to be a lot of question marks there with Kevin Cash's decision. We've been hitting that so far. Let's dive into it a little bit more with the former pitcher himself, 12-year Major League Baseball veteran, a World Series champion as well with that uh, great team in 1980 with the Philadelphia Phillies. Had himself a great career, not only as a pitcher, but one of the best hitting pitchers that we've ever seen as well, too. Uh, Great friend, and I got to mention, a member of the Sacramento Sports Hall of Fame, just got inducted uh, this past January, my man, Randy Lurch. What's going on, Randy? Hey, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm I'm good, brother. How you doing? I'm doing great. But uh, first of all, I'd like to congrats to you on your extra hour out of there, buddy. I appreciate that. Thank you very much, man. Yeah. So more time to break stuff down, man. And uh, you know, right now this is a, a a great time for us to to talk a little baseball. And I know you were watching last night. And as a former pitcher, Randy, I'm sure you got some thoughts here. You know, when you're watching this game last night and you see that Kevin Cash sprints out of the dugout to pull Blake Snell after Snell was just rolling and dominating the Dodgers, uh, specifically the top half of that lineup, uh, one out in the sixth, he gives up this bloop single, and, and he's out of the game. Tell me what was going through your mind when you're watching this. You know, great question, because there was my, – my, my head was spinning, uh, and, you know, I was thinking – uh, wow, you know, how would I feel at that time? And, and I, I, you know, if anybody's a, a lip reader, <laughs> you had a little bit of an idea what he was thinking. And, uh, you know, I, I, I thought, holy cow. And then one of the first things that went through my mind was, you know, I was going to be extra ticked that that wouldn't have happened in the days, in, you know, when I was playing. And I, I thought back to uh, years in my uh Great friend uh, and my teammate, your great friend and, and my teammate, but uh, Dusty Baker. That mm-hmm. uh, you know, we when we got to see the playoffs between uh, you know the Astros and the Rays, uh, we got to see a contrast of, of old school managing and new school managing. And I don't know, you know, I'm sure there's some listeners that are. Uh, this saw when Dusty went out there and and uh, was thinking about taking Zach Greinke out of the ball game and and he wasn't sure he knew he had a veteran on the mound and uh, he was hoping you know to maybe get some more innings out of him but also he wanted to see how he felt he knew that he was going to get the you know the the his uh, you know honest answer on how long he you know whether he could how he could get that guy out. He ended up leaving him in the game, and and it worked out, and it, it helped his, uh, you know, it, it helped his pitching uh, rotation a little bit, and 
And I thought, holy cow. Uh, and thinking about uh, about the move last night, I thought, holy cow. You know what? In my opinion, you don't really need a manager. All you need is a computer. <laughs> there you because go. If, if, if the computer is, you know, if you just stick a stick a computer in the dugout and put a, a, a baseball hat on him, you know, a cap, a baseball hat, and and uh, just let him make the decisions because uh, the the computer's managing the game for you. So I, I just uh, it, it it takes a lot of the fun out of it. Another thing I was thinking about was. Uh, it's got a buddy, buddy. You know what? If, if they're going to manage me, if I was playing these days, it would be part of my contract that, you know what? You're not taking me out of the game uh, in certain situations because, uh, you, you know, it just takes the fun out of the game. So there was, there was a lot going on when he did that uh, in, for me yesterday. Yeah, and exactly. Um, you know, you mentioned Dusty. It's funny because it, him and I were, were talking last night during this and even before this, and the first thing we had talked about was I said, you know, I don't understand. You know, the Dodgers as designated this as a bullpen game, and the Dodgers went through five pitchers in the, in the first five innings. And he goes, well, you know, both managers, you know, do this. And this is just the way. It's not just uh, Dave Roberts, but it's Kevin Cash. And we've seen a lot of these managers just go by the book and go by the binder. And uh, I said, yeah, it just makes me sick. He agreed. Uh, He didn't understand it because, again, he is one of those old school guys that he will use analytics. and He gets knocked a lot for not using analytics. I remember he went through that in Washington. He came back and said, listen, he goes, I was using analytics before you guys would even call it analytics, you know, because we had handwritten notes and we had all that stuff. But, yes, you have to manage by the feel of the game. So I know that, you know, with Dusty, you know, we were talking about that last night. Uh, You bring it up there. Uh, You've been through this yourself. It's just one of those very frustrating things that, again, you just can't rely on the book or the binder or whatever you call it. Randy, I want to ask you this. So, you know, from a pitcher's perspective, you know what Blake Snell was feeling like last night, and you had to feel for him, uh, a fellow lefty like yourself, coming out and and he's rolling and playing in a World Series game, which you've done yourself. Have you ever experienced that yourself? Did something like that happen to you where you knew you had plenty in the tank, you knew you had guys coming up in the order that you could get out, but your manager pulled you with any of the teams you were on? Never. Uh, it, was, it was actually the opposite where, you know, in, in those days, they, they, it was thought of a, a long time ago, T.C., <laughs> When I was playing, you know, in the 80s, uh, you know, 70s and 80s. But, uh, you know, the, the, they called the starters your horse. You know, you put your horse out there and you ride him as long as, as he can go. And they, 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 in those days, they just started uh, coming up with the short relievers and stuff like that. So, you know, there was times where, where I felt like I was a little bit gassed. But the last thing you ever did was to go to the manager and say, man, I'm, you know, I'm running out of gas. You better get somebody else in there. Because you're always worried that, well, you know what? If you don't want to pitch, I'll, I'll find somebody to, to take your next start. So, you know, in those days, that just didn't happen. And, and I, that's kind of an extra shock to see that last night. 
You know, you guys were talking about somebody like Dusty Baker, who at least will have a conversation with the pitcher. When I see something like that, I think of some of the old-time pitchers like yourself or a former teammate, Steve Carlton, or, or what I always envision is if Red Shanings would have tried to take Bob Gibson out of a game, I, I have a feeling Gibson might have taken a swing at him or something like that. <laughs> what would your reaction have been if a manager did try to take you out in a situation like that? You, you actually, I, I, I have, uh, you, you know, you, you always taught, and you should never do that, uh, to be a professor, you should never ever show the manager up, or you know, always were taught from a young age to, if the, the manager uh, comes out to get you and he puts his hand out, you hand him the ball professionally, and, and then you, you might be steaming like crazy, but then you go in and you have a chat with him after the game, you know, you know Skip, I... Uh, you took me out too early. I hope that doesn't happen again because, uh, you know, I, I had that game. And, you, and we thought about it, too, is, you know, in those days we were paid. Uh, we didn't make near them the money the guys pay, you know, uh, make now. And, and, you know, we were paid by the, the amount of innings we could go out there, the starts you could make and stuff like that. So, in actuality, the manager was taking food off your table uh, when when he took the ball out of your hand. When you could, you know, when you felt like you could, uh, you were doing well. So there was a lot of things involved. It's just to, for the manager, just to have it already for, for me to to have uh, the game already scripted. You know that you're not going to let uh, the the pitcher. Uh, you know, you're not going to pitch to the third time around the lineup. That that comes into the pitching. You know, you knew when if you were going to face a hitter a third time, of course you didn't. Unless you're just struggling with your you know certain pitch, you knew that you had to pitch to him. If you got him out on fastballs, you you know the third time around, you might work into the to the fastball. You you might uh, throw some changeups in there. It's, it's called pitching, but. I really felt it uh, for, I think it was Snell, right? And and uh, he actually is a tall, lanky pitcher with, with just great stuff. And, and, you know, here's a guy that's proven himself. He's, he's won a side Young Award. He's your top pitcher. I just, uh, well, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, But for me, uh, they they – they took the uh, the chances of them having a chance to <clears throat> excuse me to uh, uh, to go to the seventh game of the World Series and and they blew it. You got it. Randy Lurch joins us, 12-year Major League Baseball veteran, World Series champion with that great Phillies team back in 1980. And like you said, and we both said, you know, the Snell has that has that looked like like you had. I mean, you're a little bit taller than Blake Snell, but that lanky lefty that could bring it and and he was definitely on last night. Randy, we talk about the analytics, okay, and this is what Major League Baseball is today. Uh, starters, starting pitching, I think, is probably the most affected position with this because managers are not giving the starting pitchers much of a chance to finish a game that they started. And I know that we can't compare it to when you played or even you know, 10, 15 years ago. But let me ask you, why do you think – the game has gone this way from a pitcher's perspective. Why pitchers are not given a chance to start what they finished anymore? The only thing that that I can uh, just by you know by talking to a few uh, you know few of the old timers and stuff here and there is that uh, when I was playing. You know, there was guys that, that made, uh, you know, of course, like guys like Steve Carlton, you know, they were, they made probably top, 
top pitchers made a million dollars a year, and I think that's that might be that might be the minimum now. And, and the way I understand it is that there is just so much uh, money involved that if, if they feel like if they stretch a guy out and he gets hurt, then all that investment forever is gone. To where you know the minor leagues are more prevalent uh, in my day and stuff like that. They they could bring somebody up, and not lose that kind of money. You know, when we're talking about the analytics and the way the game is played today, how much as a pitcher would it change your approach to a game with the fact that the shift is used so often and things are pitched differently? Because it used to be when you pitch, you pretty much knew where everybody was on the field. There might be little adjustments here and there, but you could use the whole plate. You could pitch inside, outside, this or that, because guys sprayed the ball around. Now there's always a shift, and it seems like almost it's taken away from some of the ways that some pitchers like to work because you don't want to give that guy a chance to hit it the opposite way because there's nobody on defense over there anymore that's a great question and the i i can remember this and, and i'm not saying that you know using the uh you know using the tendencies the analytics they call uh use these to to help uh to where if a hitter's always a pull hitter you know you move them around we we move guys around we've moved the outfit around somebody is constantly hitting the ball, uh, a pull hitter, or, you know, or, or serving the ball to the to the opposite field. But I never ever saw where uh, they they took and they moved a, a shortstop or a second base and all the way on the other side of second base. And I've never ever seen uh, had when I played where uh, there was that you would put four outfielders out there. Uh, we did go over the hitters. Uh, the, we call it charting. So. The, the the picture that was gonna the, the the night before like if I was gonna pitch tomorrow the night that night before uh, you kept what they called the chart and you had a chart uh, on every team that came in and every hitter and you had you know, you, you, you you had different color uh, uh, pens and stuff like that and you would uh, when the guy hit it you put what he did with it you know what count he usually swung on stuff like that and then you'd have a meeting. Uh, before the game, uh, with the, the hit, you know the infielders and, and the, your catcher and stuff like that, but uh, that was the extent of it. And then we knew uh, you would go by your catcher pretty much. And uh, yeah, I took a catcher off usually if I didn't feel comfortable with the pitch. Uh, if I was if if I didn't feel like that I was throwing that pitch that good that day. But as far as uh, as far as changing pitch, you know, changing uh, uh, you know what where you would uh, put an infield to where you would pitch it and stuff like that. We just never did that. And, and it's, it's got, I think it's, it's overblown. It's gotten too drastic. I, you know, you never want to get away from change, but I think it's, you're taking away, the, you're taking the game away from, uh, away from the players. You got it. All right. Randy Lurch joins us. Randy, before we let you go, you have been there when that final out was made. Uh, in the final game of World Series, I mean, heck, it was games. It was six games when you guys defeated the Phillies, defeated the, the Royals. You guys beat them in six. Talk a little bit about the Dodgers last night, and then what you felt. Uh, you know, you worked so hard, and you guys had a full season at that point in time, and that was always the goal to win a World Series title. But then, just talk about the emotion in in that feeling when that final out is made. Another great question, TC. You know, I uh, the, the emotion is unbelievable. Uh, this might sound bad, but the first thing I thought was, "Holy cow!" This just—it was so tainted to me. 
Uh, the first thing, I, uh, one of the first things I thought was, I, I didn't believe that Major League Baseball could pull it off and be able to play I, with, the, with the virus and stuff. I just thought that, you know, too many people were going to get sick and, and not be able to play. And, you know, my, my hat's off to Major League Baseball that they, they pulled it off. And, and I feel like there was, a, there was an excitement to it. But there was also, uh, as you're asking how excited you are after the game, of course, uh, when, when we went through a whole 162-game schedule plus the playoffs at World Series, it is, uh, the excitement's overwhelming. It's, it's like a, a huge, huge joy and a, a sigh of relief and, and the feeling, wow, can you believe that we did that? And then uh, to play just 60 games, it, it's got, definitely have to have a big asterisk next to it uh, to play just 60 games and be World Series champions. But uh, that said, uh, for sure, it's, it's, a, it's a great, great uh, feeling to, to, uh, to have that feeling of winning a World Championship. All right, my man. Uh, I have to get a plug-in for you as well, too. Uh, Randy just recently wrote a book. Uh, God in the bullpen. It is a fantastic read. It talks about not only you, your career, but the trials and tribulations that you went through. Uh, tell our listeners how they can get a copy of this because it is fantastic. Oh, thank you, CC. It, you can uh, you can get it on on Amazon dot uh, com. It's been getting some great reviews. Uh, uh, it's it's been uh, it, it's especially been uh, received real good, especially especially in these uh, in these times where people are struggling so bad. I call it my book of hope, and uh, it, it has. It's 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 how people can find hope through uh, through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and it, it sure helped me to to be sitting here talking to you today. I appreciate that, brother. Well, I'm glad that you are uh, talking with us, and um, I'm glad that uh, you know our friendship is is strong. And uh, you're a great guy. You're a great pitcher, and uh, continued success to you uh, with the book and everything else, my man. Well, thank you so much. Same to you with your show, and and it's great talking to you. And take care, buddy. You got Stay it. Safe. You got it. All right. Thanks, Randy. Take care. All right, Randy Lurch, the former pitcher, twelve-year Major League Baseball veteran, World Series champion. So he definitely knows a thing or two about winning a championship, pitching. Uh, and, and we talk about those days, Frank, too. Seventies, eighties, the powerful lineups that that they used to face. And again. Those pitchers, and, and Randy was one of those guys, you know, even though uh, he had some, some great games, a great hitting pitcher, I mean, his ERA was up there because he was pitching in the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning, you know? And no one can, and I know you remember this, and him and I talk about this all the time, that crazy game where the Phillies played the Cubs, the, the uh, what, the 23-22 uh, uh, to 22 game? Yeah, I remember yeah. that game. Well, he was a starting they, they, pitcher. They used to replay that every year, like in the yeah. in the winter months yeah. or something like that. So Randy homered in the in the in the top of the first inning, and then he went back out and, and, and gave up a couple homers right after that. Well, and, and you mentioned the fact that you know that that they beat the Royals to win that World Series. Yeah. As soon as he said that, the first thing that came to my mind is how would you have done a shift against a guy like George Brett, right? Who sprayed the ball everywhere? Mm-hmm. You leave an opening, he's going to find it. And that's and again, I get the analytics and I get trying to give yourself the best chance in that. But like he mentioned there, sometimes it's overdone and it's overblown. You don't have to he he mentioned God in the bullpen, right? Well, the analytics book is not the good book. You can deviate from it. You'd really like his book too. I know you're a book reader and we talk about a yeah. book, books a lot. I want a copy yeah. now, man. I'll get you a copy. Done.
Awesome. You want an autograph too? Sure, why not? There it is. There it is. You know? There it is. Yeah, you're a reader. There you part, go. Part of a big lefty uh, power duel there in Philadelphia. There it is. There it is. All right. Appreciate Randy Lurch. All right. So we've talked about Cash. We've talked about Snell. Rob Manfred made the presentation last night to Corey Seager and the Dodgers. The crowd was going crazy. They were, they were booing. And there was only about 9,000 fans that were there. But I want, you, I want to play the presentation while he's talking to Corey Seager. See if you pick anything up here. You thrilled our fans throughout the postseason with a great performance. You led the Dodgers to a World Series victory, and it's my pleasure to recognize your great play with the Willie Mays Most Valuable Player Award presented by Chevrolet. Okay, so I don't want to... Make fun of someone if they do have a speech impediment. But I've heard Rob Manfred talk quite a bit. I've never heard anything like that. I don't know if there's some failing health. Or he was just hammered. Because it sounded like he was hammered to me. Sounded like he was drinking the, uh, the uh, victory champagne a little bit before bro, the, uh, bro, it was official. Faded, bro. What do you make of that? I don't. It, it, maybe the moment was too big. Maybe he just got. Was he nervous? Maybe he got thrown off because of the booze and that. Though you should certainly be ready for that. Uh, if you're commissioner of any sport, you're going to get booed. That's yeah. just part of the MO. That's it. Ask like, Gary Bettman. He knows all about Gary that. Gary Bettman gets upset when it's not loud enough. <laughs> right, right. For right. crying out loud, he's embraced it now. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, it definitely was. It was not a shining moment for him. There, there were a couple moments in last night's game that have given Cash a little bit of a, you know, people aren't talking about it as right? much, uh, with that speech and then uh, a certain guy going on the field as well. So, you know, there, there are certain things. There's It was an exciting World Series. I thought it was interesting. Like um, Randy, I tip my hat to baseball for pulling it off and getting it done. But, yeah, there were still, still some moments that you kind of scratch your head and go, really? <laughs> and that was certainly one of them. That was not the greatest presentation of all time. All right. So now – we haven't give, been given a lot of credit, I guess, to the Dodgers, and deservedly so. Like we said, the best team in baseball record-wise. Uh, the offense is outstanding, even though we'd love to rip Dave Roberts just as much as Kevin Cash for, for the moves. But uh, they did win the World Series. Uh, here's how it sounded with uh, Charlie Steiner, who left ESPN years ago to become the uh, radio play-by-play voice of the Dodgers. Here was his final call. No balls, two strikes, two out. Urias to Adamas. win finally the wait is over the dodgers are the champions of 2020 in a year like no other where joy has been so hard to come by tonight tears of joy let them flow tonight there is joy in mudville the curse of 88 is 88 and out the gate and the dodgers are celebrating out in the middle of the field between home plate and the pitcher's mound, the Dodgers, for the first time since 1988, 32 seasons are the champions of baseball. Okay, I've got thoughts. Ballpark, when you hear that, what are you thinking? What am I thinking when I hear that? First off, one of my favorite calls ever in the history of sports was, do you believe in miracles? When the U.S. Olympic team won, it was unrehearsed. It was just pure emotion. It was everything else. 
That, to me, sounded rehearsed. The 88 out of the gate, the joy in Mudville. First off, I don't even know how many kids today realize the mighty Casey at the bat (laughs) home. I don't know that that reference is really something that is even relevant to today's people watching the game outside of people years and mine age or something. It sounded rehearsed. There wasn't emotion in it. There wasn't just unabashed, just, oh, my, do you believe what? It's not, do you believe in miracles? When you didn't know what was coming out, he knew what he was going to say. It was one of the worst things that I've heard. I mean, it sounded so phony. And then on top of it, you heard the fake crowd noise. Obviously, he was in a studio. He wasn't there. But it, it literally sounded like he was reading from an ESPN teleprompter. That's what I'm saying. It, yes. it, there was nothing it was emotional terrible. about it. It was written down. It was, it was, it was written out. It, was, it came across that way, and that was awful. And From a guy I'll, who knows better. Yeah, and, and, and I think, and I'm going to throw myself into this mix because, you know, I don't know if you've done play-by-play, but I've done play-by-play, and when I have had call, like, say, a game-winning basket with the aces or whatever, there's, there's nothing that's scripted there. You just go off the top of your head, and you, you just throw yourself in the moment. And I, just, I can speak from experience. That's what I've done. Charlie Steiner... Should know better than this. He's Absolutely. been around for a long, long time. He's been doing play-by-play for a long time down too. No, that's, so. that's what I'm saying. He, he should definitely know better. He's been doing this forever. How'd this sound right here? Would you rather take this? Mundo de pie en el estadio ya en Texas con sus cámaras. Listo, Julio. Lanzamiento. Cantado el tercer strike. Y los Dodgers son finalmente, después de 32 años, los amos absolutos del béisbol de grandes ligas. Cae aquí en Los Ángeles el trofeo del comisionado decretando. I don't know what he was saying, but it sounded a little bit better than Charlie Steiner, didn't it? I, I do like it better than Charlie Steiner's. However, <laughs> but still. I still don't think it had the emotion. Right. It, it didn't have the emotion of Jesus doing the Spanish broadcast at the uh, Golden Knights games. But don't you think it... Or, or the goal! Right. But don't you think, because we could tell, they're not there. No, they're so not there. They're in the studio. It's like you're doing it from your off, your home office, yeah. which they probably were. Yeah. Or at the state, you know, I don't know. It's- now a really bad visual just popped in my head. Are they even wearing pants? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. It's where like a Zoom with. call. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Not not worthy of a World Series winning call. I totally agree. All right. Tomorrow, we're going to touch on the World Series ratings. You know where the television ratings went for this thing? Can I, you guess? I, I'm thinking we could have a flush noise. Yeah, flush noise. Well, <laughs> get the flush noise ready for tomorrow. All right. So we'll we'll dive into that tomorrow. As by well, the way, so. the Dodgers play Moneyball too. They just do it by spending money. Right. Exactly. <laughs> All right. We'll talk uh, more tomorrow about this uh, wrapping things up, and then get a Justin Turner update as well too. Uh, testing positive for, for COVID, his, his test came back and didn't go out for the eighth inning. But then he said, "Hey, I'm still going out to celebrate with my team." So nobody's asking who was that on mass man. Yeah, we so, all know. So tomorrow, I guess we'll find out if more Dodgers test positive or what's Major League Baseball going to do about this. Do so. they have a parade? I would think so. I would think so. Are they going to do the broadcast from their homes while they're calling the parade? <laughs> if you missed any part of the show, go to the website tcmartinshow.com. We're back at it again tomorrow at two.